Hello friends and thank you for joining us in what we're calling a conspiracy of goodness. Playing the guitar, singing the songs, and telling the stories of people of America and the world. Larry Long. Recording the sounds and stories and songs of people that we know and people that we don't is Brett Hughes. I'm Tom Thibodeau and today let's honor strangers in our lives. Only a poor man was Lazarus that day When he lay down at the rich man's gate He begged for some crumbs from the rich man to eat But they left him to die like a tramp on the street. When my wife was going for her graduate program in early childhood education, she had a class in which she had to review children's literature. And she had a book that had an interesting title. It was Living in the Land of Giants. And it was a story about the importance of enchantment and stories in the lives of our children. The way we read stories to children at the end of the day is, and they lived happily ever after, giving small children who live in the land of giants a sense of contentment and peace. Also the stories that we tell our children, Grimm's fairy tales that many of us grew up with, think of the role of the stranger, not to harm, but to protect. Snow White is saved by seven little merry men in the forest, one of whom is called Grumpy. Think about Little Red Riding Hood. Before she's destroyed, a woodsman comes to her rescue and rescues not her, but her grandmother. Strangers who showed up at the most inopportune times in order to protect. The power of strangers gives us an understanding of the moral imagination where we have the capacity to care not only for family members, but people we do not even know. He was some mother's darling He was some mother's son Once he was fair Once he was young Some mother rocked him Little baby to sleep But they left him to die like tramp on the street it's amazing that we mention the name mother Teresa and people think of this little nun this holy little nun wearing blue and white hands folded in prayer but I want to tell you something mother Teresa was a salty saint and she was asked one time mother why do you continue to do the work that you do and she looked right at the reporter and he, she said if I hadn't picked up that first man, probably never picked up the next 45,000. See, Mother Teresa worked in Calcutta. She's a minority, a very small minority in that country, in that wonderful town teeming with people, many who were poor and forgotten, all of whom were strangers. And she continued to reach out and pick them up and be a model to the rest of us. Do not fear the stranger, welcome the stranger, for whatever we do to the least is most significant. If Jesus would come and 
knock at your door Would you let him come in And take from your store Would you turn him away with Nothing to eat And leave him to die like A tramp on the street Would you turn him away with Nothing to eat And leave him to die like A tramp on the street Isn't it amazing each and every day we all live in the company of strangers? People that we interact with that we do not even know. The people that we drive down the street and we expect that the stranger on the other side of the street stays on their side of the road, that they drive according to the limits of the law so that we're all safe. Think about it for just a moment, how each of us pays our taxes so that people we do not even know might have health care or Medicare or Social Security or streets paid for because we live in the company of strangers. Isn't it amazing every time we travel, whether on a train or a bus, we are there with a company of strangers, people that we do not even know. What has been your experience traveling on this life's journey in the company of strangers? After college, I took a job as a missionary out in Prince George, British Columbia, Canada, and had to drive 2,000 miles across this great country by myself in a Ford Mustang that only had AM radio, and there weren't that many AM radio stations blasting across North Dakota and Montana. Out of my way out of Bismarck, I saw a man in a sleeping bag who lifted his thumb out of his bag. He was hitchhiking. I stopped. He crawled out of that sleeping bag, rolled it up, grabbed a pack, and came in and sat in my car and rode with me for the next 700 miles. We stopped at a truck stop, and he bought me a hamburger. Never offered to pay gas, but he was going out to Montana to fight fires. He was from Montana and wanted to go out and fight the forest fires that were blazing. As he left, and he was so appreciative after driving 700 miles, he left a pack of cigarettes in my car. I continued on my travels, and I'm into Canada, passing Calgary and Banff. I pick up a First Nations gentleman who hops in the front seat of my car, and he begins ha we having a marvelous conversation, telling me about the province and where I was going. And then he looked up on the dashboard, and he said, could I have one of your cigarettes? And I said, well, those aren't mine. I said, take the whole pack. He said, oh, thank you, sir. And he lit up a cigarette, and we drove for another 200 miles, and he told me marvelous stories. And he got out and again said, thank you for the ride and for the cigarettes. We didn't use that term back then, but the first man was paying it forward, giving to a stranger what they might need for the journey. All of us travel together, and all of us depend on the company of strangers to keep us safe. I was born in Somalia In a small village 
not far from the Red Sea In a town called Ascore Whoa, Samaya Ah, Samaya My father was a strong man He wanted me to be a sea captain Or a shack for the faithful To be a leader of Islam From a young boy to a father From the British to the Cold War To the refugees now fleeing While the bloodshed of the warlords Whoa, Samaya Samaya Whoa, Samaya Samaya And a car from Mogadishu With my family I fled To a refugee camp in Kenya With no place to lay my head Ah, Djibouti, Canada, New Zealand England, Highland, and Finland To this land of Minnesota From the tropics to the tundra of Islam Five prayers I do daily Facing east towards Mecca Each day I just keep praying For Samaya Oh, oh, oh.
Samaya Ah, Samaya Whoa, Samaya Oh, that's beautiful. See, what's amazing, Larry, is that as you met with that gentleman, Elders Wisdom Children's Song, and he told his life story to children in St. Paul, and you captured his life story, and the man no longer was a stranger or a Somalian. He was a fellow human being, and you honor him. I remember when you first sang that song. In fact, you completed it at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon and then drove to La Crosse, Wisconsin, where that evening you and I were on stage at a state conference doing a presentation of stories and song, and you said, I just finished this song this afternoon at 3 o'clock, and I think you rehearsed it in the car as you were driving down. And after you sang that song, I was so moved to tell this story. Francis of Assisi, the little saint of the 12th century, loved animals and people knew that he loved animals they continue thought he was a bit strange because of his love of animals and the poor and of all the creation the town of gubbio about 12 miles away it was a very refined town and people woke up one day and found two young gentlemen of their town slain in the piazza they looked at the people the young men and they realized that they had encountered some kind of beast an animal and they told everybody to stay away and stay indoors. And they did not know what to say. They're bounded by fear. And so two young men came out at night refusing to listen to the elders. And they found their bodies the next day in the same way. Now people are frightened. And they said, what should we do? Should we call the army? No, no, no. We don't want the army coming to Gubbio. It wouldn't look good. Should we send people out at night to protect us? No, no, no. We might lose some of our own citizens. And one person said, I heard there's this man over in Assisi who talks to animals. And so they dispatched a group and went off to Assisi and said, is there a man here who speaks to animals? And they said, yes, he's a little bit crazy and he's down there rebuilding a church. And they went down, they found this church and they found this little man building a church. And they said, do you speak to animals? And admittedly and humbly, he said, yes, I do. He said, would you come with us? And we speak to an animal that's alarming us and harming our citizens. And he said, I will. And he followed them back to Gubbio. And that night, people went to their houses, and Francis sat on the piazza, and then he walked into the woods. And as he walked into the woods, he put his hands out in front of himself, and a wolf came up. And he took the wolf's head in his hands, and he looked into the eyes of the wolf, and he said, Brother Wolf, Brother Wolf, people are afraid. You're afraid of your power and your ability to harm people. Brother Wolf, protect the people and they will care for you. The next day they come out in the piazza and there's Francis sitting and they said, well, what happened? He said, I found your wolf. It's not our wolf. I found your wolf. Well, what'd you tell the wolf? That you'd feed him. What? He started to walk away. What are we supposed to do? Feed your wolf. That's not our wolf. We don't want that wolf. Feed your wolf. And he walked back to Assisi. That night, a widow took her leftovers and put it out in the stoop, and the wolf came to eat. She told the neighbors the next day, and another day another neighbor put their leftovers out in the front stoop, and this became a practice of the people of Gubbio, and the wolf was their wolf, who was known as their protector. So I told that story that night, Larry. And three years ago, I'm giving a presentation at a high school. This is 20 years later. 
And a woman comes up to me and said, you're Tom Thibodeau? I said, yes. She said, I want to come up and I want to thank you. You saved my marriage. I said, what? She said, oh, we've never met. She said, but you saved my marriage. In fact, you saved our family, and I've always been so grateful and wanted to tell you, and I never had a chance until I met you here today. I said, excuse me, we never met. She said, I know. She said, but a friend of mine was going to a presentation that you and Larry Long were giving, and she taped it. And I listened to Larry's song about Somalia, and I listened to your story about St. Francis and the wolf. And that night I realized I had to give him one more chance. See, my wolf was my husband suffering from bipolar disease, and he was making it very difficult on us to live with. He will not take his medication. But I said, feed your wolf. And so I prayed that night, and the next day I pleaded with him, and he said yes, and we went back to therapy, he and I. And then he got therapy. And then our whole family got therapy, and we've been reconciled as children and spouse and family. And we're together very happy because you reminded me of St. Francis. Feed your wolf. Care for the stranger in our midst. Thank you. That's a, that's a beautiful, powerful story. I just want to take a moment right now and just kind of take it in. You know, Tom, I, I often tell people I was born a Southern Baptist, raised in the arms of the Jewish community, rediscovered my relationship to the Creator in a Dakota sweat lodge, found strength in my commitment for service to the teachings of St. Francis, and found some inner peace to the Trappist and the Buddhist teachings. You know, being born and raised a Southern Baptist is, um, is quite interesting. <laughs> I was raised to believe in the original sin and not the original blessing, which means whenever I start to get a little too happy, I start feeling a bit guilty about the happiness that I'm feeling. On the other hand, the core of those Christian Gospels is simply to love, to treat your neighbor how you would like to be treated yourself. To treat your neighbor how you would like to be treated yourself. You know, that's why whenever I hear some fundamentalist folks getting a little too self-righteous and speaking badly of others due to their complexion, race, orientation, or gender, I find myself simply singing this song that I actually collectively wrote with children you were working with here in La Crosse. And so I just sing to them this. Jesus says love each other, your sister and your brother. Jesus says, Jesus says, Jesus says. Jesus says do not abuse. Jesus says, do not accuse. Jesus says, Jesus says, Jesus says. When hatred comes a falling, I can hear my Savior calling. Coming from the storm, I'll keep you warm. Leave all hatred at my door. You won't need that anymore. Jesus says, Jesus says, Jesus says. 
Hatred comes a falling. I hear Jesus calling. Coming from the storm, I'll keep you warm. Leave all hatred at my door. You won't need that anymore. Jesus says, Jesus says, Jesus says. Jesus says, Jesus says, Jesus says. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for listening to Tom and I and Brett here in the studio. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. And remember what Mark Twain said, travel destroys prejudice. And friends, conspiracy of goodness thrives in the company of strangers. Until we meet again, peace and all good. You have been listening to Conspiracy of Goodness with Larry Long and Tom Thibodeau, produced and recorded by Brett Hoos. For more information about Larry and Tom, please visit www.larrylong.org and www.tomttalks.com. We look forward to being with you next week. Thank you for listening.